You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to The Rest is Football with Alan Shearer, Micah Richards and me, Gary Lineker. There is plenty to get stuck into after a brilliant weekend of Premier League football and um, Africa Cup of Nations football and Asian Cup football and football across Europe as well. But I want to start, Alan, because you weren't doing match of the day on Saturday night for a good reason. Um, You had your charity uh, foundation what is it? A ball? A do? A dinner? What? What do you describe it as? Yeah, we have one. Uh, we have one every year, Gary. Um, it's to uh, raise money, obviously, for uh, for my foundation. My foundation is a respite home and activity centre for um, people with disabilities. Uh, so you can stay there. You can go and use the sensory rooms, the the swimming pool. Uh, you can you can stay overnight if uh, if parents want to uh, to leave their kids there so they can have a little break as well. So, And we give it all away free. To do that, we need to raise some money. We need to raise 250 grand a year to uh, to give it away free. So I think we did just over 200 grand last night, which was uh, which was bloody amazing. So yeah. Where do you have it? Obviously, Newcastle. We have it in yeah. Newcastle at the Hilton Hotel. And um, we get an artist uh, very kindly come and perform for us. James Bay did it uh, for us last night. I mean, we've been really lucky. We've had Ed Sheeran and Lewis Capaldi and... Mumford and Sons, Jess Glynn, Gary Ball over the years. So we've been uh, we've been lucky and um, it's been a really, really good year for us because a few months back we had Sting come and perform for us as well. So Did wow. you? Wow, amazing. So if my voice is a bit croaky, you understand why because <laughs> I had a heavy Tell me night. you weren't singing, were you? <laughs> I definitely wasn't singing, but I might have had a glass or two too yeah. much of the red wine and yeah. uh, it was a late night early morning <laughs> you need to do it on an, another night other than saturday so i can come along one day i'm, I'm i promise i won't sing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it was a good night had by all yeah so so do you get a, do a few footballers come along alan or over the years yeah we've had a few come along right he's been danny's been um big dan was there big dan burn was there last night i heard you made a slightly cheeky <laughs> comment about dan burn did you oh, i did yeah i couldn't resist it yeah Go he on, took what it in uh, what did you say? 
I said it was nice of uh, Dan Byrne to turn up tonight more than he did at three o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he didn't have his best day. No, he had a tough day. I just, I said, I did say that. Hey, we've all had a mate, and he he yeah. stuck his uh, hand up, and then he yeah he, he said, "Yep, had one today." So he took it in the right way. We all had a laugh yeah. I'm glad he was there and not watching Micah's analysis on Match of the Day. <laughs> oh, really? Did you have a little yeah. go? Did you, Micah? <laughs> well, you know what? It's the it's the one way we've all been there as players. Absolutely, yeah. And you don't want to dig him out specifically, so you do it like around the team. But <laughs> in all the clips that was given to me, he's in every single clip. Stop so. being horrible, man. He's a lovely guy. He had a bad day. <laughs> uh, yes, I looked after him. Let's say that I looked after him. Oh, well, good. Mm, not quite sure about that, to be perfectly honest. Let's start with um, Sunday's football. And um, obviously the big game today, um, Arsenal-Liverpool. It was one of those, wasn't it? If Liverpool won it, you thought, well, they're in really great shape in terms of, of the title. And it means that probably Arsenal will almost certainly be out of the title race. Um, but I thought Arsenal were were terrific. Um, Liverpool probably not, certainly not at their best in the first half, that's for sure. But Arsenal were exceptional. Arsenal were brilliant, I thought, mm. right from the off. I mean, it would have been a big kicking the teeth for them to concede just at half-time in the oh. way they did because they battered Liverpool, mm. I thought. Um, but to come back from that in the second half, Arteta made some uh, some big calls and bringing Jorginho back in, he was superb. I thought him and Rice in the middle of the park dominated. Um, and it was a, yeah, Liverpool were poor. They had a really off day. We haven't had many. But um, it's wide open again, isn't it? I bet it put a smile on your face, Micah, because well, we no know way. that deep down, <laughs> even though, you know, you're a Man City ambassador. I'm neutral ambassador. when it comes to uh, you're not the, the, neutral. Pun the punditry. I'm neutral, guys. None of us are neutral. We've all got our favourite teams and that's fine. I mean, I've never bought into this thing. I, I can't hate a football team. I always find that, I, I, mean, I know fans do, um, that tribal thing about football. But I, I honestly, when fans think you're biased against their team, I'm never biased against their team unless Leicester are playing them. Obviously, I have an affinity towards my former clubs, Everton and Tottenham, who played against each other uh, yesterday. Uh, a couple of people text me saying, you know, when Everton played Tottenham, who do you want to win? I, I, I genuinely don't want either team to lose. So they drew yesterday. So I was quite, quite happy about that. Um, but I don't... I, 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 I sort of get it for fans and local rivalries and stuff like that, but I can't hate a football team. I can't because it seems ridiculous. You can hate an aspect of, of them. You might dislike a player or a manager or even their fans because they might have given you some stick at some point. But football clubs are football clubs. Who's, and who's all... got the most arrogant fans though? I mean, Ooh, United, blind. when I was growing up, oh, <laughs> they was... Painful, <laughs> but that's because you're Man City, probably as well. And, and I was you know. born in Leeds, so they had yeah. the Leeds. So tell United the world who you support. Tell the world you support Arsenal, then, Micah. Don't be afraid of it. <laughs> I'm neutral. I've already told you, Alan. Yeah, right, right. I just love the game. That's all, Alan. <laughs> but were you pleased that Arsenal beat Liverpool today? <laughs> um, football was the winner. <laughs> 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 hey, he's got that fucking creosote back on his ass. <laughs> but honestly, how good. Winner. I know Jorginho got player of the match, yeah. but Odegaard today. Oh, yeah, I, I thought Odegaard oh, was I, tremendous. I was like, 
Jorginho was class because he's not, I think his first yeah. start since November. So we, we get it, come in yeah. and have that sort of impact was brilliant. But Odegaard, oh. he's passing, he's mm. way passing. Like how composed he is on the ball. He's just outstanding. Mm. He's, he's back to his best. He had a little bit of a dip. He was excellent mm -hmm. last season, had a little bit of a dip and he had his injury this season. But yeah, today he was, he brilliant, was outstanding. Yeah. Totally they dominated agree. them in midfield, didn't they? Mm -hmm. They really did. Yeah, it must have been such a blow. I mean, I know you mentioned it briefly, Alan, but such a, a, a blow to them that half-time equaliser. Yeah. Uh, it, it's remarkable how I know they were different in terms of um, the how far away they were from goal, but they were very similar. The Liverpool equaliser and then the Arsenal goal to go two one up, weren't they? Kind of one defender kind of cozying it up, hoping the goalkeeper will come, or the goalkeeper shouts, and real mix-ups, weren't they? You know what? Because I've been in that position there, and I would say with the Saliba sort of sort of shepherding the ball or protecting the ball for the goalkeeper, it did the right thing. Maybe Raya reacts a little bit too late, but these keepers who rush out when you're already got the situation under control. I, I used to absolutely hate that. So I think Raya did perfectly well, but then he just reacted a little bit too late. Once Saliba had control, he should have just come and picked the ball up and then his mate gets the own goal. I think probably Saliba was more to blame for that one. But I think the second one, I mean, Van Dijk could have possibly headed it clear on the first, but he let it go. But... If Allison stays in his goal there, um, Van Dijk can just knock it back to him with his head, can't he? But when he's rushing out, I don't like goalkeepers coming out of their area unless they're 100% sure that they're going to get the ball first. And it, it was a bit of a... I it's, think it's different though, sorry. Um, it's, it's different with Liverpool because of the high line that they yes. play, guys. So normally his position would be a little bit further back in a normal scenario. But because Liverpool tried to get as high up, his, Alisson's position is adjusted. Mm. I think he just made a, a bad decision. I think Van yeah. Dijk probably should have just... Headed yeah, that away. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, mm. yeah. It was uh, it was mistakes all around, wasn't it? I mean, Van Dyke should have headed it anyway. Um, should never let it bounce. Once he has let it bounce, then the keeper's sort of made his mind up. He's once he comes out, he's got to collect the ball. He's made his decision to come and get it, and he hasn't got it. So yeah, mistakes from both of them. Yeah, good result for the title race. It's like it could you know keeps Arsenal very much in it. Um, Liverpool were obviously going to win it come what may Manchester City too we we could have our first probably three pronged title race since what 2000 was it 16 17 when Chelsea uh, when Chelsea eventually won it yeah City what got two games in hand haven't they so if they win yeah. those two I they think they go point clear. point clear don't they so mm. yeah it's um, it's hotting up nicely isn't it yeah we've all been involved in, in title races um, how would you describe that feeling to, to supporters and uh, because I mean they live it as fans it's slightly different as a player I mean I sadly <laughs> missed out I think I finished second four times Second four times, but what were the points? How close was it? Oh, were we talking? Oh, the, the, the first one was, um, I went to Everton, obviously. I was only there one season. Um, I, if I'd stayed, I think I'd definitely won titles. Um, but I went to Barcelona. But I, the first and only season that I was there, we had a slight advantage with about four games to go. And I've talked about the thing when my boots weren't packed in the skip when we played against Oxford away from home. I know that sounds bizarre and I had to borrow some boots that were a size and a half too big for me. Um, and I, I did the post and missed a cut and we ended up losing 1-0 at Oxford. And 
And then we had, there were two games after that were home games. I think we beat West Ham, who were also in the title race that season. We we beat them at home and I got a couple of goals in that one. And then it came to the last day, but Liverpool had won their kind of, I think we were six points clear with about 12 games to go, but they won every single one of 11 games. And then the last game they had to win at Chelsea. And Kenny Dalglish, he's just been, he was player manager. Uh, which was we don't see nowadays so much. And they were at Chelsea and we were playing at Goodison against Southampton. We battered Southampton and we scored early. I got a couple of goals early. I ended up with a hat-trick actually in that game. And there was a roar around Goodison Park with about, I think Philbert just roared actually in the, in the background. You may have heard him. Maybe he's feeling my angst here. So with about, I don't know, half an hour into our game and we were cruising to victory already against Southampton. There was one of those things where there was a cheer in the ground and it started going reverberating all around Goodison Park. All the fans were, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, um, to a man, we thought, Chelsea have scored. Because Liverpool had to win that game if we won ours. We thought, Chelsea have scored, Chelsea have scored. And then we get in at half time and they hadn't. And they actually... You know, and then Kenny Dalglish scored the only goal in the game and, and, and they pipped us and then we lost in the fucking cup final the week after and it's the worst week ever. Without being disrespectful, was it teletext back then? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we didn't have teletext on the pitch, but, but to be honest, yeah, like radio or for people, okay. right, they would have had radio. I mean, radios have been around a long time, Mike. I'm not that fucking old, okay? Mike, it was fucking Morse code, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Morse code? Yeah. Oh, how many dots is it for a, you know? <laughs> Without, as soon as you said, without being disrespectful. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Which, Which means, means I'm about I'm to be disrespectful. disrespectful. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I mean, yours was tense, Alan, wasn't it? And Christ, Mike, you had the tensest one ever. Do you know, you actually, you said, what's it like? I mean, it's far easier at that yeah. end of the table than it is at the other end of the table. It is. But, um... You tried to give it the big end afterwards, didn't you? When the, the reporters were maybe asking you, saying, are you watching any of the games? He said, no, we're not. We're just concentrating <laughs> yeah. on our own game. What a load yeah. of bullshit it is, isn't it? <laughs> You're watching every single game and hoping that they slip up. <laughs> what about that, that, that quote that we always say, we take uh, one game at a time? <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest load no, of no. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> we're looking at absolutely everything. <laughs> so true. We're planning who's going to be playing when and what yeah. fixtures we could possibly get points yeah. from. We'll take a draw there. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to be fit there? The fitness, everything is yeah. to the to the T is detailed, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Of, course, of course it is. But what are they going to say? Exactly. It, because the thing is, when they say, you know, you know, how do you think you'll go from, oh, we'll just take one game at a time. <laughs> well, which is kind of true because you've actually got no alternative because you can't play two games at once. But it, it, it's funny though, when you're playing, it's not as nerve wracking as when you when it's your team when you're watching, I don't think. Because actually when you're playing, you can do something about it yourself. Yeah. Do you think? Absolutely, yeah. I do. I think that. I, d I, d I don't know. I, I think Well, you were on the bench, Micah. That's you. That's, that's, like, that's like a double whammy. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's e not easier because the strikers, I think, they've got the hardest job on the field in terms of putting a ball in the back of net. I'll give you that. But imagine being a defender and the night before the game, whether it's Champions League file, you're playing for the league, FA Cup, and all you're thinking to yourself is, don't give a penalty away. You know, don't make a mistake. Don't get a red card. All these things. Micah, Micah, I honestly think I could have improved your career with could a little you? bit of therapy. Well, you seem to be a little bit 
concentrating on the negative aspect. I, do, I, yeah. do, I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't know why that is. But I just feel with a striker, you could have a terrible eighty-nine minutes. But if you keep cool in the moment, one chance, you know, a one goal it could take, and you're the hero, aren't you? That happened many a time. <laughs> yes, it. Yeah, it does happen a lot. Yeah. Um, but you can also you know, end up being the villain. I think strikers and goalkeepers are generally the ones that are under the most pressure in either to deliver or not to fuck up in some way or shape or form. That's why the big books get paid for the strikers, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, you, the, the Aguero moment though, Michael, oh. I mean, to live that, that must have been, as a player, I know you weren't on the pitch at the time, but Yeah, I've got the been. emotions, aren't I? I do the emotions because I know I'm very self deprecating but that season... I was outstanding. I was. I know, hang I got, on, hang on a minute. I know I'm very self-deprecating, but that what? season I was outstanding. That is a beautiful line. I love that. I just, I just said it. I just said it. And I was outstanding. I got nominated for Player of the Year. Which Player of the Year for all the league or no, no for um, I got robbed by the way, Kyle Walker. <laughs> so you're just talking about for, just for, Manchester for, City Player of the Year. For, for okay. Player of the Year. That season, 2011-12, I got robbed. Kyle Walker got it. That year, I was unbelievable. But obviously, <laughs> me and Zabaleta was rotating, so there's about five games to go. And you've probably heard the, the story before, but uh, so I'll shorten it. But I did my hamstring then, mm. Mancini. Once he had a win, he was a, a little bit superstitious. Didn't want to the, the change the team and all that sort of stuff. So I remember like, the day before, he kept asking me, how am I? How's my hamstring? And I said, I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. So in my head, I think I'm going to be playing the last game of the season. I want all the glory. You know you know me. I love the limelight. It's all about big meeks, isn't it? And I think I'm, <laughs> I'm going to make an impact. We're against QPR at home. I'm thinking I'm going to get an assist. I'm going to be dribbling past people. I'm going to be putting a show on. And then he's doing a team talk before. But like, you're watching... So like the whiteboard and he did yeah. it with like a, a felt tip and you're watching to what he's going to write because you start with a keeper, then you start with a right back first and go across. And he went, he went sort of that way first though. So if you're looking at me to the right and did a Z and it was Zabaleta. So my emotions throughout the game, I'm thinking, fuck this, all that I've done this club, I've gone through the academy, I'm absolutely like, I'm one of the homegrowns, I've given everything for the season. The most important game of our history, I'm not starting and I was sulking like a little bit of a baby. And then what goes and happens? <laughs> Sabaletta scores. Sabaletta scores. Honestly. You sat there, like, pretending to be really happy. <laughs> Did you? No, you? Honestly, get the camera on me. I'm absolutely fuming. There was no, there was, there was no pretending with me. I'm fuming. It was Paddy Kenny, I think, was in there. Or someone like that. He, he threw one in and then they scored and they scored again. And then the emotions just, it's not about yourself. It becomes about the team. And then that moment where the ball, because... Balotelli was on the side, we was warming up together, he said, and I was down because I was feeling sorry for myself. I said, because Balotelli, Aguero, Silva, they Yaya Torre, they're always going to win a Premier League. It might be my only chance, you know, Zabaleta's coming into the team. He said, don't worry, I'm going to change the game. Balotelli gets the assist for Aguero and the emotion on that day, it was, it was just like all your emotions coming out at once. You didn't know it to like, to laugh, to cry, to celebrate, to to drink, to, who to ring. The, then you're thinking about your bonuses. You're thinking about new, all the emotions goes through. 
at one time it was just an amazing <laughs> moment. Brilliant. Thank you're thinking you're... of the bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of the bo- I'm thinking about Vegas Strip. Where are we going? LA, Vegas, Miami, the bonuses. Uh, your, your story was pretty extraordinary though, wasn't it? Because you actually, you know, everything was at stake on the last day. You won the title even though you lost it. It was Anfield, wasn't it? Yeah. Anfield, we, uh, I mean, we were really nervous because uh, Fergie and Man United were putting huge pressure on us. So we had to go. <laughs> it's not like him. I know, yeah. Yeah, we had to go to Anfield and we go 1 0 up our score and then uh, two goals Liverpool scored. And it was really weird because I thought just for about 10 seconds, we've blown it. We've done it. We, we've. We've gone all this way and it's gone to the last game of the season, the last five minutes, and we've lost the title. And then within 30 seconds, we heard all the crowd going wild, even Anfield, because obviously they wanted their team to win. But because Kenny was our manager and they love Kenny. And And it was Man United. And Man United were at West Ham. (laughs) Um Man United didn't uh, didn't beat West Ham, um, and it just it was from going two one down, and thirty seconds later we'd we'd won the title because they they hadn't won it uh, at Upton Park, and it was crazy. Yeah, what a day, what a night, what a week. <laughs> you must love West Ham. I can't stand Chelsea because of that. Actually, I don't hate any football club, as I've said. But <laughs> they did us <laughs> an almighty favour, West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> Manchester United, a little bit more encouraging um, perhaps the last week. So that's three victories, what, in, in a week. We saw them at Newport, even though that was a little bit kind of unnerving for them probably for a little while. Um, one in midweek and then, well, they eased to victory today, didn't they? A couple of goals from uh, Garnacho and Hoyland scored a terrific goal to open, open proceedings. Yeah, thought they did well today. Um, never looked ever in, uh, in any danger. Deserved the three points and what are the six or something like that now isn't it yeah so you know what I think uh, Ten Hag needs a lot of credit give him a new contract yeah it's not even just the football side it's just the fact of he put a marker down with the Ratchford thing and he could have drawn it out a little bit but obviously he didn't play in the game that we was doing at Newport but that he put him straight in and then you know what's happened once you score all's forgotten about and I think he just he's played it a, a blinder uh and sometimes you're always worrying, how's this going to go? But I think he needs credit for that because they've certainly needed him and the team look a lot better than in the side. I thought they looked quite good going forward at times. So in the Garnacho, Hoyland, Rashford, that's, that, you know, with Hoyland starting to find his feet, isn't he? It's a good Scoring finish today, wasn't it? Good goal, Really it? good finish, yeah. Really excellent finish. Cutting in, crossing cross and hit it with his right into the corner there. So, yeah, I think, um, I mean, obviously that, you know, they're still quite a way off certainly Arsenal, Liverpool and, and Manchester City. Um, but they've you know, still a kind of inkling of a possibility of Champions League football next season. That's got to be their target, hasn't it? Yeah, it has to be their target, yeah. That's what they need and that's what they desire and want that, that football club. And they have to get there. It's as simple as that, isn't it? That's where they demand to be. They're getting the players back as well out there. Martinez uh, is back. I thought it was, was very good, although he went off with an injury. And Luke Shaw... He adds something different to this Man United team going forward. That stability as well. So, yeah, they're looking good shape, a lot better than recent weeks. Yeah, Ten Hag said, I, I think it was uh, in an interview, that he was asked about uh, Mainu, Garnacho and Hoyland. He, he said that he thinks the future with those kind of players, that young talent, 
that have come through. He's very bright. Really, really talented individuals, aren't they? So, yeah, I, I get that and understand that. I mean, it's just the consistency with Man United, mm. isn't it? Because you Too think, many false dawns. Yeah, we, we've, we've been here before, haven't we? Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe in a month's time we'll be criticising them. And then, I don't know. I, I just... One, one, one week I think, yeah, maybe they're back. And then the next week, oh, no. It's another disappointment. So they've, they've got to they've got to keep the results going. I totally agree with that. You, you see that? Um, what do they call them? Gifts of when um, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. They used to put him in that little tractor in the middle of a tunnel and trying to do a U-turn. You ever seen it? So one minute he's going really well, and then suddenly he gets it. Kind of, you know, all the hope is there, and here we go. This is it. Reborn again. We're really going well, and then two games later you're losing again, and then he's getting stuck doing the U-turn kind of thing. It's quite <laughs> amusing. I'm talking about being stuck. Core uh, Chelsea again. Got thumped by, I mean, I have to say Wolves' opening two goals were, were slightly fortuitous, both big deflections. But having said that, they still scored four in all. Cunha hat-trick. It's funny because he's, I've always liked Cunha. I watched him quite a lot at um, Atletico Madrid. Um, and the one thing he always lacked in his game, um, and he was, you know, he, he was quick, he was dangerous, he was, he, was, he was quite creative, but... You know, he just he didn't score enough goals, but all of a sudden he's, he's he seems to be finding the net and um and, and a hat trick to boot today. Not bad, eh? What what a job he's doing, by the way, Gary O'Neill, eh? Incredible. It is actually, isn't it? Because you know, why do you think it is that 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 we seem to struggle to produce really top English coaches? Obviously, you know, we've got Ferguson, who was uh, who's obviously Scottish, but. In terms of English coaches, we we never. I mean, the people like Harry Redknapp have done pretty well. Um, obviously, Sam Allardyce, uh, Roy Hodgson. But there's never been, and this is mad, isn't it? In the English Premier League, there has never been an English winning manager. I I think it's because of partly because of us. Uh, the media side of things. Do you not think they have media like us in all countries, Mike? Yes, but I think we overhype. So Potter. Potter was doing an outstanding job at Brighton, wasn't he? He gets the Chelsea job. It was probably too big of a job for him at that time, but he's not going to say no to it. So now people don't think he's good enough to manage a top. He is, but he just was, went to a club at the wrong time. And I just think it's all about timing and the media. It's not in terms of criticism sometimes. It's just in terms of the hype. We put them on a pedestal, don't we? I can only say, though, Mike, having experience of, of, of living and playing abroad um, and spending a lot of time in this business, the demands are equally demanding in countries like Spain, um, certainly Germany. I mean, managers there, you know, if you're not doing well and stuff like that. Even for the lower clubs, though, would you say, Gus? Even for the the lower the lower clubs? We're talking just real Barca here. No, honestly, of course they, you know, they'll big up someone if they're going really well. You know, that it's. I don't think it's any different. And we always say, it's like, we. I hear that thing about, I think the problem why England's have not won a major tournament is, is, is because the pressure's too much and all this and it. But Christ, imagine playing for Brazil. Imagine playing the expectancy on Argentina in that final when they played. Again, it's the same. It's for all the big football countries. The the pressure's no different. I just think it's a, just a really weird anomaly that we've we've not managed to 
to produce one, I think. Um, but, you know, who knows? Someone like Gary O'Neill could be that person. I mean, he clearly is very astute tactically. Um, he's got the best out of his team. It's I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very cautious now to, to build him up too much. But oh, after what oh, you oh, said, yeah, oh, Michael. Yeah, go, go ahead, go um, on. But maybe... Maybe it's it, it's I don't know what it is, but it's just not happened for some. Will we be talking about one reason. in the summer if England win the Euros? Well, indeed, mm. um, and it's you know England will be one of the favourites in Absolutely. that tournament, and they've gone very close, obviously. But it, it you know it still doesn't mean it's a yeah you know a, a, a Premier League's been going along what near the, over thirty years now, and we've ne- not one English man. Couldn't he, any? Can you imagine that in Italy or France or Germany or Spain? Or any of the Portugal, anywhere like that. Yeah, Yeah, but English managers are not seen as sexy, are they? You know? Not fashionable. They're they're not. They're they're like old school English manager. Well, no, and I think that is part of the problem. But that's also what I was going to say. We kind of got stuck, I think, in playing that kind of prehistoric football. But I think there are two things, well, two or three things that fundamentally changed. And I think eventually that will mean that our, our future managers, English managers, will improve and get better. It's only, what, I don't know, 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, that, that young players, young children in this country played on full-size pitches, which happens nowhere else. It happened nowhere else in the world. So seven, eight, nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds playing on full-size pitches. Therefore... The big lad who could kick it the furthest would be at the back and they just like whack it. It's the only way they could play. So you, it, that's kind of inbred into you. That was changed thanks largely to Trevor Brookin who brought in small-sided um, football and and we suddenly started teaching kids to pass the ball to each other rather than just lump it. Um, I know it sounds simple. The other thing is the improvement in the pitches in this country because obviously our weather is not um, actually ideal for growing grass, but with, with technology these days, it's so much better. So that that would improve it. And also I think the quality of our academies now and the coaching at those academies has improved significantly. And players are taught skills and stuff. And that's why we've seen this influx of wonderful young uh, English talent in our in our game so I think all of that because if you go back well I don't know 10 years there are hardly any English players playing in the Premier League certainly not many of of any note um, so things are changing and I think perhaps the last thing to change might be the coaching side of it and perhaps that's why we're seeing one or two young English coaches doing doing really well now it's, it's a theory it's a theory. But let me, just before, we should have a, a, a word on Wolves. That, that I think that sneaked them in the top half, just above Chelsea. I mean, who would have thought that at the start of the season? After what happened with Lopetegui going and everything? No, I didn't uh, I didn't see that. So I, that's why he, um, he's got to get all the praise and, and enjoy it all because he's doing such a fantastic job. I, I didn't see that happening with Wolves. And for their sake, I hope they can keep it up. Yeah, it's nice to be wrong sometimes. I can't remember where I had Wolves, but I think I had them quite high. The players oh, here we go. H, H, John, pull up the list. You've got the, you've got the evidence. Yeah. The evidence is there. I've got the receipts. Yeah, 19th, you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> no, joke, joke, joke. I tell you what, we'll take a break. And in that break, we're going to look and see where Micah Richards had Wolverhampton Wanderers. Back shortly. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, 
there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan, happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the rest is football with Micah Richards, Alan Shearer and me, Gary Lineker. Uh, when we left you, we were trying to remember where... Uh, Micah predicted that Wolverhampton Wanderers would finish this season. He said he thought that he tipped them to be quite high up. I have the evidence <laughs> in front of me. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Micah Richards, Wolves would be in a relegation battle. <laughs> I knew it was bullshit. <laughs> they will stay in the league, but will struggle. <laughs> well, that's not quite had them going really well, Michael, but you did say they wouldn't go down. Well, I, yeah, well, I think I did a, a column with the BBC. I think I, think I had them top, top 12 or something no, like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and on Radio 5 Live, you had them in the top half as well. Yeah, did you yeah. just covered all bases. I'm sure he had Burnley doing well as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he definitely oh, had Burnley, that. Yeah. Definitely I had, had, had that. a stinker on Burnley. Uh, Alan, you, you had Wolves in a relegation battle. Yeah, I didn't see it happen, no. what they're doing. So yeah, I'm not going to say what I said. What Go on. You, going down. I, I think bottom three. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Gary O'Neill. Well done, Wolverhampton. Absolutely, yeah. it's, some, it's lovely to be proved wrong mm -hmm. again. Happens so often. Um, yesterday's games, cool, blimey. We had five games on Match of the Day last night, didn't we, Micah? Oh. And um, 26 goals, including eight at St. James's Park. W were you there, Alan? I was there, yeah. It, was, an, it was an unbelievable game. I mean, oh. and we mentioned Gary O'Neill, the job he's doing. We have to mention uh, Rob Edwards and the job he's doing mm, at, uh, absolutely. At, at Luton um, because he's given them a right good chance of, uh, of of staying up. Eight goals in two games. They were they were brilliant, Luton. They come to Newcastle and they didn't sit back. They were prepared to give it a, uh, a right good go and um, they nearly did it. I mean... <sighs> I did say to my mates, I said when we went when Newcastle went four two down, I said I think we're gonna we'll win this five four, and then it got to it got to four all, and then they, they had a couple of really big chances Newcastle, but um, I thought uh, I thought Luton deserved everything they got yesterday. It was a brilliant game. It was. We highlighted Ross Barkley on match of the day, and 
He's had such a good season. It's really nice to see because he's, he's one of those players you could see there was so much talent in there. And he's kind of moved around. I mean, he's had a very good career. And um, any player that plays, you know, consistently in the Premier League, and he obviously had a spell abroad as well, um, is is a player of high quality. But, you know, he, he had that kind of label of being a future star when he was he a was youngster. And it's not quite elevated him to the levels he'd probably like to be at. But this season, having pl- in playing in a slightly deeper role, it seems to really bring out the best in him because he's very good on the ball. He can manipulate the ball. Um, he's, he, he keeps it. He passes forward and he can break through because obviously he's played a lot in kind of more advanced positions. And we even debated the fact whether it might be too late um, for for him to break into the, to the European Championship squad because it, I mean it's half a season, but but doing a side you know that's newly promoted it, it it speaks volumes for him, doesn't it? I think he's um, he's the one player in that team that can be or is really brave on the ball. They're not afraid to give him the ball in tricky situations. You know when there's someone marking him because he's because of his ability because he's 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 that good and having such a great season. He's the one player that they give the ball to who can you said it he can keep it, he can create, he can pick a pass and um yeah, he's having a great season and he played a really good game yesterday. I saw him play Mike, I think. I was on holiday in America and I went to see like pre-season friendly um, somewhere in California, and it was. I thought I'll go because Everton are playing, and they were playing Real Madrid, and it was a slightly odd game because they were playing basically on a baseball ground, and there was like a diamond in the middle and everything that was going round. And this young lad that was playing, I thought, God, blimey, he looks and he, like Ross Barkley, and he was just bossing the whole game against Real Madrid. And I thought, this fella's got something special. He's got that talent, hasn't he, have you both just said. But I, the thing I like about the Mo, he's more composed. So, you know, when he was really young, it was 100 miles an hour with his twisted and turning and his dribbling. But now, the way he just slows it down and his decision-making's a lot better now. Obviously, that happens with maturity. But yeah, he's just been a star, along with, I have to say, Doughty at left mm. back, left wing back. He as well, he's got a, a wonderful left foot, up and down, really good quality. Ogbeni obviously was very good as well against Dan Byrne, but I just think they've got some really good players and they know what they're good at. They stick to the principles and they do it very well. Hello, I ask you a question, I know we, you know, you kind of jokingly um, had a pop at, at, at Dan Byrne, but why is Livermento not starting? I think the back the back four that um, that Eddie prefers, and I mean, it's been really solid for a long time now. I mean, maybe not in in recent weeks, but the, his preferred back four: Trippier, Cher, Botman, and and Dan Byrne. I mean, yeah, the, the Livermento when he's come on, when he's played, has been has been really good and it wouldn't surprise me and I think also with Dan what you get you, you get more protection in, in set piece situations as well um, in both boxes you know what I mean he's he's a threat and can also is really good when uh, when set pieces are coming in um, but yeah these, they're under pressure now because Livermento is a really really good player and has been for a while now pushing to, to be a regular 
Good to see Harvey Barnes uh, back mm-hmm. on the pitch after a tough injury. Yeah, he's one of our own as Leicester. Honestly. Yeah, you, you stole him. From yeah, us. he came. Uh, he came on, did well. Got the yeah, got the goal. Looked a threat. I mean, Gordon uh, went off. Um, so it's like you you get one. Do back, you know what that injury is, Alan? Another, you, is it a bad know, one? Or? I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure. I just saw pictures of him uh, leaving the ground on crutches. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not quite sure it was. So like from. From Newcastle's point of view, you, you get one back, but you lose another one, you know, with the injuries. But um, we'll see. But yeah, Barnes coming back was good and uh, he looked sharp when he came on. He certainly did. A good bounce back to form for another of your old teams, Micah. Um, Aston Villa. Ooh, it yes. looked like it, that could be a cricket score at one point, didn't it? They were, they were just excellent. It was, I mean, Chef United didn't really turn up no. um, shambolic performance wasn't it yeah, particularly if, that space they were leaving there, down their own left hand side yeah it was just but it was so obvious to see and especially when you're playing with wing backs you, you know you've got the extra man back there to sort of help you to eradicate that space but the, the wing back kept going sh- right into the middle of the pitch and they didn't deal with it and I feel sorry for him because we've all had jubbins before, but it's like everything that Villa touched was just magic. And Villa, obviously, having to having that that bad result against Newcastle, they were very good. I just think the all-round game was excellent, and, and Watkins was very good again. Some of his runs were 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 immaculate. Yeah, he's really maturing to to a fine centre forward. He's, he's he's got to be like the understudy to Harry Kane now, isn't he, for England? I think Alec. he is, yeah. I would think he is, yeah. I mean, what is who else? Tony. Wilson, Wilson Tony, Tony. Possibly, but he's not played much. Yeah, he's having a, he's having a great season, isn't he? He looks sharp. Uh, he looks really comfortable in that system and uh, he looks to have a really good relationship with the manager. So, And he's enjoying his football and playing some great stuff. Douglas Louise is a player as well. Oh, he? what about yeah. his pass for the goal? Oof, the outside of the foot. Oh, it's, oh it was amazing. And he's, a, he's, he's an annoying one because of in, in fantasy football terms where you, you look at him and you don't think he's going to get you much <laughs> points because... Here he goes again, Alan. He's playing a little bit deeper. But he, he takes corners, he takes free kicks. He's, you know, making amazing assists. I might have to draft him in. <laughs> yeah. Who did well for you this weekend, Michael? Because you were up and down. I'll tell you what, the, the, the mood, the way it affects your mood. Oh. I spent all day with you watching the games yesterday. One minute he's jumping up and down, the next minute he's banging the floor and it's all this. Well, I had um, Trippier, who who you know, did who well. got a, a goal and an assist, so he was fine. I had Virgil van Dijk and Saliba both oh conceded. With both Allison. made rickets. Um, I had Gordon, who got me assist. Palmer, who got me a goal. Well, I had Watkins, obviously, who Wee, had a blinder. But I've did. still got Haaland, Alvarez and Foden to play tomorrow. Captain Haaland? Of course, without do you think, doubt. Do you think he'll start? If he doesn't, you'll be dead. I'm be devastated. I'm <laughs> <laughs> devastated. I'm not, if he's not starting, I'm not watching the game. <laughs> uh, they take it so seriously. Oh, dear. My, my kids are exactly the same. God, their mood changes. It's like, oh, come on, lads. It's, no, it's this more important than anything. It's, it's madness, really. But it was uh, important bounce back for, for Villa. I, I want to move on to the um, the derby, as they call it, between um, Brighton and uh, Crystal Palace. What do they call it? The A23 derby? It was 
It's a bad day for Palace, but I th- Brian played some greats. You never know what you're going to get. I've said it last night with, with Brian. Mm. I mean, obviously they got battered in midweek. They won this one. Y- you're never quite sure which Brighton are going to turn up, but they've str- obviously struggled in recent weeks, but they were back to their scintillating best. Pedro! You remember I said about Pedro earlier on? Is your new fantasy team? No, I've not got him in my <laughs> check, we'll, we'll have to check. We'll have to check that as well, unless you're bullshitting us again, are you? <laughs> no, I've got the receipts for that no, one. I remember, I I remember, I remember he said that. Yeah, I he do did, remember. Yeah. That. We'll give you that um, one. We'll give you that one. But Lapti was back, was excellent. Hitchelwood was back. Bonanote was excellent. And Gross, he was dictating the game left, right, and centre. They're a joy to watch. They really are, Brighton. I know they went a couple of games without scoring, but yeah, they were brilliant. They really were. I didn't see the game. What happened with Palace then? Right. This was kind of an interesting, um, an, an odd story, really. I think, um, I think obviously they were poor, no doubt, particularly in the first half. They'd lost, I mean, it's another blow for them. You have to take into consideration the fact that they've had rotten luck with their two superstars, um, Eze and um, Elise. Um, Eze was out, the squad completely. Um, Elise obviously came off on Tuesday night. Um, with a slight feeling, a little bit of a tweak um, in the hamstring area. And then there seems to be some confusion, but it appears that um, they didn't think he could play 90 minutes, They, but maybe he could play some part of the game and perhaps play the second half. And I, 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 I was completely befuddled by it because I think it's a, if you've got a hamstring, you've got a hamstring and you don't recover in four days, full stop. So... Do you take a chance with your star player kind of exacerbating the bad injury anyway and making it go maybe out for a month or five weeks? And particularly, of course, because he had a really bad hamstring injury before. So I couldn't quite understand the thinking of putting him on the bench. If he's not got a hamstring injury and it was just cramped, they'd know that. So therefore, he wouldn't have been able to start four days later. But there was clearly an issue. You know, for some reason, that then three nil down at half time, and I that this I find inexplicable that he would take a chance with him at that stage. Maybe it's a little bit of a panic because it's a local derby, it's a big game. He doesn't want to be humiliated. Maybe if he could get a goal or two, it wouldn't look quite so bad. But it it didn't seem like a gamble worth taking. So then Elise, just a few minutes after coming on, does his hamstring, of course, because we know we know that that's what happens if you if you take that chance. Um, um, maybe it was a case of desperate times and calls for desperate measures, but it's going to rebound on them, that one. My uh, my experience with hamstrings are you're either fit or you're not. There's no way you Correct. can... If, you, if you've got a dodgy hamstring, what on earth are you doing sat on the bench? If if that is the case, then I, I find it madness that you, you've got a hamstring, yet you're fit enough to go on the bench and you m- might use you for the second half or you used you for the second half. It's a really weird one to understand that. But don't you think as well, Alan, when you had a hamstring as well, you've been sat on the bench for 45 minutes. In, in February in the cold. It's, 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 it's ridiculous, yeah, isn't it? I know. Let, 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 let's have it right. We, obviously, we wasn't there, but Roy's obviously panicked and for things are not going the way that he wants at this moment in time. The crowd, obviously, or the Palace fans... Uh, I, I won't say of all turns, but there's grumbles within the fan base. And he wanted Elise to to pull a rabbit out of the hat for him, basically. And he panicked and he risked it. But 
Risking at 3-0 is just r- ridiculous, if we're being totally honest, because now Eze's out, Elise's out, and and even more, when was the last time Palace scored four goals in a game? Because I'd love to get that stat. So you're 3-0 down, the chances of, of scoring four goals against Brighton, the, the chances are not great. So why even risk it? Just move on to the next game, take the loss and move on. It's strange. What what do Palace do now? I think ideally, I think that, you know, because of the respect that everyone has probably at the club and quite rightly so for Roy Hodgson and what he's done for them over a long period of time, I, I, I imagine they'd like at least perhaps to get to the end of the season, but he's, you know, by his own admission, probably he's not a spring chicken anymore. So diff- it's, it's it's a tough tough one, isn't it? Really. Yeah, my my guess is unless it's a desperate situation for them, then they would probably want to and will stick with them till the end of the season. Uh, as you say, I mean the career that Royce had been incredible, so they they won't want to wear, they won't want to get rid of him unless it's a desperate situation. Fans are the ones, obviously, that pay the money. They, particularly the ones that that travel to away games and stuff like that. So you can never be too critical when. When they're having a pop, perhaps at the the, at the club, but and the owners or the manager or whatever else, it, they're perfectly entitled to to obviously have complaints. But overall, they've they've been in the Premier League a long time, um, you know. And it's it's how can a side like that compete with you know those big clubs above them? You know, you know, they're part of the grounds of Sainsbury's, isn't it? So it's difficult to imagine at, at circumstances where they could conceivably probably get to European football. So survival really, uh, realistically for Crystal Palace has is, is, is got to be success. But fans always want more and I understand that. Um, we all do. We're all guilty of it. And sometimes we're guilty of thinking um, the grass is greener on the other side, particularly in football. I think that what they'll do is they'll probably look at, uh, we mentioned Wolves season there, Adam. they'll probably look at Brighton um, and, and one or two others and think that's where they could, should be, and that's where they want to be. But yeah, we always want more. Fans always want more, and I get that and I understand that. What do you think, Micah? Yeah, I, I think it's a, a, a difficult one, isn't it? Alan said it there with, a, with maybe a Wolves the players they have a Brighton. Sometimes it's just they want a, a long-term plan and it's sometimes a style of, of football. So when we all think subconsciously of Palace, we think Ooh, pa- Palace is a tough team to go to. They're going to work hard. Um, they're going to be really defensive, good structure, and they'll, they'll nick a goal. Whereas I, f- I think when fans look at other teams and you take Brighton, for example, and the way they play football and they're sort of more advanced. I think that's what the fans are alluding to. They want to see a more attacking-based football with a long-term plan. And it's not easy. It's not easy. because well, How, do, how do you have a long-term plan in football? We all know that if, if a manager loses four or five games on the bounce, they're going to they're gonna be out. No one... I mean, unless you're a brilliant manager and you have success at the start, Football doesn't work like that, does it, long term? I mean, in an ideal world, it does. And and all managers want to come in and probably have a long-term plan, but they also know that they've got no chance if they lose a few games early on, they're in trouble. How do you how do you have a long-term plan in football? It's probably easier for the clubs with, you know, huge amounts of money and, and, and already got a really good side at the top. But even then, you, you can never 
guarantee anything. It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, it's, <laughs> there's no secret magic formula. No, there's not. It's tough. Yeah. The Premier League's tough, as everyone yeah. you know finds out every, every time they're in it. Teams coming up as well. We talked about the, the gap getting bigger. It, it is tough, but sometimes fans just want to see a better brand of football. Yeah, even if you stay tone these days, it's not as easy, is it, Alan? <laughs> um, pass. <laughs> oh, crikey. Um... I just I want to end with well, my favourite moment of the week. Anyway, did you see the um, signing on ceremony of uh, Vidal at the club in Chile? I think they're called Colo Colo, not Colo Colo Torre. But um, did you see it? I seen it. Yeah, yeah it's priceless. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some. You know, sometimes where they parade players and they do these quite clever videos, don't they? Or sometimes they're quite cringe. But this was extraordinary. He comes down in the ground in a, it like they come down in a helicopter, and suddenly he comes out full kit, um, jumps out of the helicopter, and then the helicopter drifts away, go goes back, and the next thing you see him, he's he's on a horse, he's riding the horse around the ground with a with like a crown on his head or You're something. You winding me up? No, uh, no, Alan, I'm, I'm going to send it to you after after this. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he's riding like a, like a he's like a cowboy going around the thing with really? a crown on his head. Oh Fidel. my god! Yeah, you know he's 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 got that kind of kind of little Mohicany kind of vibe anyway. Hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! It's it, absolutely um, superb. Before we go, um, Africa Cup of Nations has been spectacular, and um, I, I think we want to cover that as it reaches its uh, finale um, next week. There have been some amazing games. I mean, the host nation, Cote d'Ivoire, or the Ivory Coast. Um, I mean, unbelievable last-minute goals and stuff like that. They were 10 men against Mali and then scored in the very last minute and then scored in the very last minute or injury time of extra time as well to go through. And the scenes in the ground, I thought, were, were, were truly special. But we'll focus on that and the Asian Cup as it reaches its finale next weekend. But for now, from the rest is football. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Have a good week. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Hello listeners, it's Anita Arnand here from the Goal Hanger sister podcast, Empire, which I host along with... Me, William Dalrymple, and we are here to tell you about our new series on the Founding Fathers, the men who made America. We wanted to look at the men who actually founded the country, who dreamt the dream, who wrote the words upon which a country would be born. What were they like? 
What made them do what they did? What did they actually believe in? And how did they come to play the role that they did in the American Revolution and the creation of America? What really interested me about this was the contradictions. I mean, we expect these men to be great figures. We've seen the portraits in the galleries. We, we know the faces from the banknotes, but they're deeply complex figures. But in that, and in that blend of contradiction and intellectual power and writing genius and curiosity and raw ability lies the nuance and complexity that allows us to understand them. And the United States is in many ways a reflection of their beliefs, their experiences. These are the men who wrote the Constitution. These are the men who created the federal system in every way. They are totally fundamental to what American politics looks like today. It all goes back to this extraordinary group of men. Yeah, and they have rip-roaring yarns as well, let me tell you. So if you want to know why America is the way it is and who the men were who made it, you can listen by searching Empire wherever you get your podcasts.